choice to sneak one in. <laughs> well, hello, church. So good to see you all here this morning. I've got lots to talk about out of the Word of God, so we're going to get straight into it. And just want to pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet, O oh God. And I pray that today as we read and, and look at Your Word, Father, I pray, O oh God, that that the urgency of this message, O oh God, will pierce our hearts, O oh God, that we would take it out of these four walls. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk about signs of the times. And uh, this has been, I think, I reckon many years in the making. Uh, it, it's, uh, so we're going to be here probably for many years. No, no, we're just going to go through it. And I, it may be a two-part sermon, so I may not get through it because Jesus and God and the Word of God has so much to say about the times that we live in. In 1972, a movie was released, A Thief in the Night. Who saw that movie? Who remembers that movie? Yeah, okay, this movie freaked me out. Uh, uh, I think I was about only five, five years old and I still remember the movie. My mum and dad made me watch it. And it was part, a four-part series. It was about the, the end times. It was about the times, the signs of the times. It was about a story of Patty, a young woman who was caught up in the pleasures of living in life uh, with very little concern about the future. And then a dramatic earthquake happens and shaking events happen. And around her begins to unfold the things of the end times. All that was prophesied in the Word of God. You know, over the years, over the many, many years, books have been written, dates have been set when Jesus is coming back. Back in 1844, a man by the name of, Miller, of William Miller, he was a lay Baptist preacher and he was convinced and he knew exactly the day that Jesus was coming back. And he announced it as October the 22nd, 1844. Well, we're still here, 2023. The movement became known as the uh, Millerite movement. People sold their possessions, quit their jobs, put their houses on the market, and wore their white robes. On that day, the 22nd of October, they climbed the hillsides. And, but of course, it never happened because we're still here. And when it didn't happen, it was called the Great Disappointment. And that's what it's known for. Fast forward some years, uh, some of you may remember in 1988, there was a book published and it was called uh, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Is Returning in 1988. Well, guess what? We're still here. Edgar Wiseman was the author. It's one thing to write a book and be wrong. It's another thing to write a book and get it wrong 88 times. In 1994, we, we're probably all alive in this period. In 1994, Harold Camping, president of Family Radio, made a prediction that Jesus would return the 21st of May in 2011. Didn't happen. So he chose another date, as you do. 
October the 21st. Didn't happen again. We all agree that we should be ready because Jesus is coming back. The book tells us, we know, and we're gonna see so many Scriptures this morning and read about His return. The exact time, the exact hour, no one knows. Matthew 24, verses 36 says, But of that day, An hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The Bible makes predictions. God tells us just enough for us to to make us aware of the signs to look for. You know that in the Old Testament, there are more than 300 prophecies related to to Jesus' first coming. And all of them have been fulfilled. 100 had to do with the first coming. 200 have to do with His second coming, which is soon to happen. Well, I don't know, because then I'll be called a false prophet. Related to His second coming in the New Testament, seven out of 10 chapters in the New Testament make reference to the coming of Christ. That is one in every 30 verses make reference to the second coming of Jesus. Today, I wanna specifically focus on the signs of the times according to what Jesus spoke about in Matthew. So let's read the expected King Jesus return, Matthew 24, verses one to 14. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left to hear upon another that shall not be thrown down. And then comes to verse three and this is addresses as the signs of the times and the end of the age. This passage is actually known as the Olivet Discourse, which is a passage that Jesus obviously is in the Garden Olives, Mount of Olives, and it's called this. The Olivet Discourse is known as, verse three, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, Olivet Discourse, get it? The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will, be, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows and then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many 
And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. You know, this passage is happening in the last week of Jesus' life on earth, leading up to his crucifixion. And Jesus here has gone to Jerusalem with his disciples to celebrate the Passover, followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is an eight-day event, an eight-day holiday. So during that day, Jesus will go to the temple and then, t- and then at- and teach. And then at night, he would go and reside and speak with his disciples and hang out with his disciples in the Mount of Olives. And it's a short walk. It's actually a short walk from the temple to the Mount of Olives. You can see it from the temple and the Mount of Olives. And uh, it's such a populated time because everyone comes in to do the cel- to have the celebration of the Passover and celebrate. So Jesus loves, and we see through the Scripture, that He loves to go off. He loves to be more in a, a quiet place. And He goes to the Mount of Olives. And as they are leaving the, the temple, on their short walk to the Mount of Olives. They look back, the disciples look over their shoulder and they say, wow, how amazing does a temple look? Now with the sun in that time would glisten and it would shine like white as snow. It becomes so bright. We can't really see it in this picture, but it's bright, bright, bright. Probably a little bit more like that, so bright. And they're going, um, my goodness, look at that. How beautiful is that? And Jesus says, yes, but it's going to be destroyed. We just read that. They're shocked. What is actually going to happen? How is that going to be? So 40 years later, in 70 AD, the Romans put to end the Jewish rebellion and the Romans went in and totally destroyed the temple of God. It was led by an order by Emperor Titus and they completely destroyed the second temple in Jerusalem by setting it on fire. And as Jesus predicted that no stone will be, will be remained on a stone. And you can actually see this when you go to Israel, and I've seen it, you can actually touch these stones. You can actually sit on these stones. So this was a, the temple and the Romans threw, burnt it and then threw the stones down. You can actually even sit on these stones, not for very long until you get it told off but you can actually touch them. And so, you know, people say, oh, is, is it true? Is the Word of God true? Hey, 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 we have clear, new, like fresh example, real life. You can touch, you can sit, you can admire the, the actual the fruition of the prophecies of Jesus. The Bible uh, tells us that, that you can, uh, that this was gonna happen and we see that, Jesus prophesied it and it happened. And as the disciples are retreating with Jesus, they know they're a bit perplexed, as you could imagine. Like, really? They really can't make sense of this, what he's just told them. And they ask Jesus two questions. Verse three, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, 
tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Really, they're asking three questions. They're saying, when will the temple be destroyed and what will be the sign of your coming? And thirdly, what will be the sign of the end of the age? By their questions, you see, they're really not clear about things here. They think that the destruction of the temple must mean the end of the age will happen then. And they ask, when are you coming back? When are you gonna come and rule and take over? So he uses the rest of the chapter to explain that the destruction of the temple is not tied to the end of the age. Well, not at that time anyway. He helps the disciples and us understand the events that will lead up to His second coming. This passage in our time is known as the church age. We are living in the church age at the moment. And how we know this is from the beginning of the ascension when Jesus went to be with His Father to the second coming is called the church age. And Jesus is going to fulfil the Scriptures in the New Testament that we read about. He is coming back. Now we thought, I thought He was coming back when the Thief of the Night movie came out. Then I thought it was coming out when the KY2000 was, I, I, I filled my bathtub. I'm so ashamed to say that, but I filled my bathtub. I'm like that one, you gotta be always ready. <laughs> he is coming back. The Word of God says it. There's so many Scriptures that prophesy it. So let's look at the events that will lead to His second coming. There are 15 major events that will precede His second coming. We see from Matthew chapter 24. These are not my predictions. These are the Word of God. You just read them. Jesus seems to break down these major events into three stages. He examples the stages to the birthing of women of a woman's uh, pregnant pains, like the, when you go into labour, there are the signs are Braxton Hicks, and if you're a woman, some of you have gone through this many times, and uh, if you're a man and you were with a woman at this stage, you will know Braxton Hicks is false alarm, but it's coming, yeah. right? When you may hear the screaming or the I hate you, or the, as if it's their fault, or the like, oh my gosh, leave me alone, don't touch, or whatever it is. This is what Jesus is referring to, that it's going to intensify. When you see the, the signs getting closer, 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 it means something. And uh, every woman goes, when the baby comes out, I'm glad I'm not, going through that again and then they have another one and then another one and then another one and Jess McDonald, I don't know, she's counting. That's how we see in chapter 24. So verses four to eight is the first stage. And Jesus answered, verse four, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and you and will deceive many and you will hear wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled. 
Okay, I'm not here to scare you this morning. All right? I'm here just to, to read from the Word of God and do an extra deep study on it and to let you know about it. So you're not dumbfounded when things happen. And for verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. This is the first stage. In the ESV or the NIV, it's translated and this is the beginning of birth pains. Man, you're lucky you're not a woman. That's all I wanna say there. He is putting it out there. It will be mild aspect of labour, but then it will intensify. And the final stages are the most difficult and painful part. Paul refers to this and he writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 to 3, the day of the Lord as it's heading. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Ah, oh, that's where they got the name of the movie. <laughs> Just saw that. <gasps> I only read it 50 times. For when they, see how the Word of God can always be like fresh again? Oh. <laughs> so keep reading it. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labour pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. You getting something out of this? Oh, I've got some good stuff coming up right now. So I wanna look at the three stages of the signs of the, ta- uh, signs of the time. Stage one is before Jesus comes back. This is where we're living at this stage, church age. Number one, deception by false Christ. We see in all the world, the Bible says that they will say, I am God, follow me, I am Jesus. And the spread of that is on the increase. In the 18th century, century, there were two who claimed to be Jesus. In the 19th century, there were seven In the 20th and 21st century, where we're living now, in our time, there are 36. Can you see the intensity? People who have claimed to be Jesus. Shock, horror, we have one in Queensland. Alan John Miller claims he is Jesus and Mary Luck claims that she is Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. They are married and on his website, And on his website, you can put them up when I say, and on his website, he gives a message from Jesus. Yeah, Alan John Miller is Jesus and he gives a Jesus message. Not the real Jesus, the false one. Number two, wars and rumours of wars. What he's saying that wars are going to increase over time. Now we've seen wars, we've heard of wars, we've we thank the Lord, maybe some here may have gone through a war, but we have heard so many wars. And historically, that's proven to be true because before Christ, there were 70 known wars before Jesus. After Christ, in the next thousand years, there were 50 wars. 
In the next following 500 years, there were 100 wars. In the next 300 years, there were 200 wars. See, the birth pains are increasing. In the last 200 years, there were 500 wars. And in the last five years, there were 25 wars. See the increase? Oops, Braxton Hicks still. Famines, number three. The stats in 2023, there are 828 million people globally who are affected by hunger. That's a lot of people, 828 million. One of the concerns at the moment is that they believe that we will, we will run out of food by the year 2050. And so hence you hear all the Jenny. Yeah, that one there, gen, gen modified that stuff there. Genetically, there it is. Takes a while, but it comes. Number four, pestilences. Pestilences. Well, one word. Yeah, yeah, you're with me. Thank you. COVID. Millions of people have died and still are dying. But we, I don't believe it's the last of it. There are gonna be more pestilences. There are gonna be more disease. And we've seen these in the years gone past, uh, the, the, the different pestilences that have happened and, and diseases. There is a, a resistance now. They're saying there's a resistance to antibiotics causing bacteria. Cancer's on the increase. Number five, earthquakes. There are 20,000 earthquakes that happen every year. We just don't feel them and we're not aware of them. That's 55 a day. Right now, today, 55 earthquakes will happen. Tremor lines throughout. All over the world, there are fault lines. I remember in 2010, 2010, Mark and I were to put our house in the market on the Saturday. It's Thursday night, remember? Thursday night. So the house is going on auction on Saturday, Thursday night. Feel this tremor. I, I've never felt, I've been, I was 44 years old, never felt a tremor in my life in Adelaide. Thursday night, we, we feel this tremor. I said, honey, did you feel that? He's like, not now. We run out, put on the radio. Yes, there was a tremor, an earthquake. A chair fell over, that's all. <laughs> no cracks, thank the Lord. Since keeping records in the 1900s, since then, they noted 15 earthquakes a year, over seven on the Richter scale. In 2010, there were, in 2010, the year that we were selling a house, in 2010, there were 23 earthquakes. Stage two, verse nine, then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended. You know, the Greek word is here in the offended is skandalizo, which means falling away from faith. Well, haven't we seen that in the last three years? Verse 10, and there, then 
many will be offended, we will betray one another, and we will hate one another, and we'll hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up, deceive many, and because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world and as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Number six, persecution of Christians. We are living in the day that there are more people persecuted for their faith than ever before. In the last century, more people were martyred for their faith than ever before. In Asia, one in three Christians face high levels of persecution. According to Open Doors, the top, ten, the top five countries in the world that face high levels of persecutions with Christians is North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan. 20, 245 million Christians, 245 million Christians around the world suffer from high levels of persecution for their faith. That's one in every nine Christians. One, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. Sorry, Morgan. She's our missions rep too. Great, Morgan, you're great. We don't see much of it here, but we're starting to. We are starting to. It's like being cancelled. Shut down, media persecution. You know, in 2021, 4,000, 2021, that's only a couple of years ago, 4,761 Christians were killed for their faith in that year. Just a year later, this is the intensifying of the birth pains, just a year later. So that year, 4,761, a year later, rose to 5,898. 6,175 Christians were detained without trial and arrested and imprisoned. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of big number. That's 17 believers in one day. 5,110 churches were destroyed or attacked in 2022. Number seven, you getting something out of this? Yeah, it's good. If you're not, re-listen to it or read the Bible and read it again. Number seven, a falling away from faith. Mm. We have seen a great increase of this during the pandemic. Churches are closing down because people are no longer attending in person. People have gone from being on fire for God to lukewarm to apathy. And you remember, if you remember first communion, communion message I brought on our first online, the week of, God showed me a vision. And I don't get these visions much. But I saw, and, and, and it was basically the prediction, not knowing 
what we're really entering into. And basically, it was a prediction of apathy coming. But then it was the, the, the fire of God coming, revival coming. And I love it because Joel prophesied it and we're starting to see it that in the last days I will pour my spirit on all flesh, all mankind. Number eight, betrayal and hatred. Well, uh, we're seeing this. You can't even get a job in some places if you live in Victoria, um, if you go to church. Hatred is running high in our nation. Number nine, increase of deception from false prophets. It's interesting. I find it interesting how Jesus is saying this again. So it's obviously going to be in great numbers where there's going to be lots of false prophets. So, so when you hear things, whether it be on the internet, whether it be locally, whether it be wherever, let this be your guide. Let this be your measure. Let this be your anchor. Let this be your plumb line. Let this be your source of all information. Not what people say or what people are predicting. This, this. Number 10, increase of wickedness. In verse 12, Jesus uses the word lawlessness. And the Greek word for this means they have shunned the law of God. They have turned away from the law of God. So it is wickedness that is increased. You just have to turn on the news. First three minutes, five minutes, doesn't even get to five minutes. And every day you will see a story of kids breaking into homes, home invasions, uh, stealing cars. This week, Mark's car got uh, people help themselves to some stuff in his car. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so there's brazen invasions everywhere uh, on the increase. Number 11, decreased love. Verse 10, and then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Oh, can you feel the labour pains intensifying? This is happening in churches everywhere. It's happening amongst believers. There's effect of cold, coldness. Brother betrays brother. Christian against Christian. Churches against churches. Cancel culture. I don't like what you say. Cancel. The unfortunate thing is because of the media or because of our Instagram and our Facebook and social platforms, it's going. I like how Paul states it in Romans 6, 7 to 8. Don't become infected with the mind of the flesh rather than the mind of the spirit. Word of God, put it in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Let that lead you. Let that guide you. Let that dictate you. Let that um, filter through you, your spirit. There, um, I love this part. 
And then the good news. I, I know you wanted some good news. <laughs> so number 12, spreading of the gospel around the world. We are living in the information age. So this is wonderful because the gospel is getting out there at a faster pace, at a quicker pace than we could ever do in times gone by. Only thing, the only thing to come out of COVID is not sanitizer. <laughs> the only good thing to come out of COVID is online chat. Because now those who cannot get to church, those that cannot be physically in a church building can hear the message. And now if people are searching, they can go and see and hear the Word of God being preached wherever they are. This is great for those who, who are out there and have not met anyone who brings them hope and the good news. I think this is the most significant sign in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. We are getting closer to this stage. Did you know in DC, there is a museum of the Bible? And in this museum, they have a room and in it is filled with every spoken language on this earth. And what they have is that every, if there is a, a language that is complete, has a complete book of the Bible, it's one colour. So just say Italian. It's a complete, because it has the Sacra Bibbia, which is the complete Word of God. And it has a colour to say that is a complete Word of God in the Italian. Then if they just have the New Testament, in that language, then they have a different colour for that Bible. Or if it's a language that only has part of a book, say the Psalms or half the Psalms or part of the Psalms, that's in another colour. Then you have hundreds of books where there's spoken language that don't have a gospel yet in it. The executive director has said that by, the, by 2030, that seven years from now, every single language on planet Earth will have the gospel translated in its language. How all, yes, come on. I know this is a lot of information, but that's amazing. But you know, God still uses you and me to go down the street, to be in our shopping centre, in our workplace, to still share the gospel because they're not gonna go to Washington DC and get the book of the Bible out of the library. God's still using us and wants to use us as the messages of Jesus Christ. Never in the history we have the ability to have the Word of God in every language. By 2030, it's predicted that it will be. Jesus said he will not return until every ear has heard. And now we're going to stage three. This is the intense stage. Oh, past the Braxton Hicks, past the five minute mark. We are getting now closer. Oh gosh, that was a flashback. 
In the stage, He talks about the abomination of desolation as spoken by the prophet Daniel. The time of the Antichrist. Matthew 24, verses 15 to 28, the great tribulation. And therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. When then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is, oh, that's why they went to the hillside, the Millerite conversions. They went to the hillside, remember? Taught you that because they read that bit. And then him who is in the field, not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are, nur are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your fight, flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has been not seen, been seen since the beginning of the world and until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh will be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there is the Christ, do not believe for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive if possible. And even the elect deceive even Christians. See, I have told you beforehand. And I'm telling you today as well. On repeat. Therefore, if they say to you, look, here is, he's in the desert, do not go out. Look, he's in America, don't go there. Look, he's in Brazil, don't waste your money. The inner rooms, do not believe it for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Number 13, the appearance of the Antichrist. This is a, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, you know, are you uh, whatever tribulation? Are we gone? Yeah, I'm not getting into that, okay? I just, I'm, I'm, uh, I once heard this, I'm a panite, so everything pans out because the Word of God says it. <laughs> 13, appearance of the Antichrist. There will be charismatic global world leader who emerges as a world dictator. And that's what the Bible tells us, not Nina. He will be opposed to God and anything that represents God. He will be possessed by Satan. Second Thessalonians 2.4 says, and that he will be set himself up in God's temple, so in Jerusalem, and proclaim himself to be God and demand to be worshipped. And it also tells us that the temple by that stage will be rebuilt. And unfortunately, it will be rebuilt in the honour of the Antichrist. He will set himself up there to be worshipped as Messiah. The eyes of many will be opened. He breaks the covenant of peace, as Jesus refers to in the book of Daniel 
and, and is referred to in the book of Daniel. He breaks the covenant of peace halfway through the seven-year deal. So he makes a deal of peace, but halfway through, he breaks it. And the eyes of the Jews then will finally be opened, especially as they will see that He is not the real Messiah who they have been waiting for. No, you had Him before. Number 14, great tribulation on earth. And that's what Jesus says in verse 21, which says it's gonna be chaos in the world. And that's when we see chaos in the world. Revelation 6, 18 refers to this time, the chaos, what's gonna happen in the world. Number 15, the rise of more false Christs and more prophets with false signs and wonders. And Jesus is saying, don't be deceived when they say the Messiah is here, he's in America, because that's what they'll say, he's in America. Oh no, he's in Israel, don't be deceived. Jesus says, not the real Messiah. Verse 27, for as lightning, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Twinkling of an eye. You know, have you ever had an eye twitch? That's how fast. You know, sometimes I have an eye twitch and I say, honey, look at my eye twitch. I can't see it because it's so fast. The second coming of Jesus will be visible and powerful to those who are here on earth. Every knee will see Him, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't have to worry about missing out. Don't have to worry about it. It's like lightning. We will all see Him if we're here. And that's why Jesus says that in verse Matthew 24, 29 to 30, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the suns will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I don't know if the musos come now. I just want to tell you a story that I heard only uh, last week. We're seeing things, we're hearing things, we're experiencing things that Matthew 24 is talking about. We need to be aware, we need to be vigilant, we be, need to be faithful, we need to stand firm. Last week, a friend of mine told me the story how she went to America recently and she went to visit a friend in America, uh, a family friend, and as, as she was there, she uh, was talking with her and her, fa- her friend told her, said, um, we've had to take the kids out of school and we're looking at what we're gonna do. And she says, why? She goes, because my, my girl, my daughter came home and uh, said to her that the teacher, the teacher put forth a, uh, a poll of if the cat litter and the cat bowl and food 
is allowed to come into the classroom. And that wasn't being there for a cat. Meow. It was there for a, a girl who claims that she's a cat. This caused quite a lot of concern for the girl, as you could imagine. The one next, the lion cage, I don't know. So she went home to her and then bum, bum, you, you hear a story like that, you go, yeah, sure, right, you know. Mother called, spoke to the teacher and says, yes, it's right. Get with the times, is what she was told. Get with the times. So... Of course, tried to teach her kids to be in a school and learn how to stand up and learn how to fight and learn not, you know, to have the words, but it, this, this was the last straw, okay? So now they're deciding what they're gonna do, they're gonna, where they're gonna take her. It's on our doorstep. These things are gonna only increase. We need to be prayerful. We need not to have hate speech, but show love, show kindness, but also be steadfast in the Word of God. When my brother was part of a Catholic school as a young boy, he uh, went to school and the the, the, the teacher had found out that my mum and dad became born again Christians. In their eyes, you left the Catholic faith. And to them, it was like, you left God, you let you going to follow a cult, which was Pentecostal evangelical Christians, born again. The Bible talks about, that's all it was. And my brother got whipped because of it. You see, things are gonna increase, but don't be afraid. Don't, don't, I don't want this message to, I remember when I heard this message, I hated the first time I heard it as a child, because I wanted to get married, I wanted to have kids, I didn't want Jesus to come back. Now as you get older, you want Him to come back. Sorry, young people, sorry. Today you might be here, You've been given the opportunity that, that the Bible talks about, that every ear will hear. Today, you've heard the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. You don't have to do somersaults. You don't have to sell everything. You don't have to climb hillsides. No, no, it's a prayer. It's a acknowledging Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose again. He's coming back for you to be with Him forever. And today, could I have every eye closed and every head bowed? Because if you're here this morning and you can say honestly in your heart, I don't know whether I am a born again Christian. Born again simply means that you have decided to give your life to Jesus and start a new life with Him. Learn His ways, grow in Him 
experience all that He has, the prophecies, the life. If that's you this morning, if you would like to raise your hand, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to introduce you to Jesus Christ who came and died on the cross and rose again so you don't have to die, so you don't have to have an eternity without God. As I look over, will I hope and pray that everyone in this room, if you have not made that commitment in your heart, can I encourage you, please do so, because that is the only way to really know the Jesus and have the eternal life with Him forever. Amen. Father, I pray that as we've heard the signs of the times, that this would not bring fear, but rather bring a sense of urgency in our heart to share the Gospel, the hope and the love of Jesus to everyone who hasn't heard the message of salvation. I pray that in this week that we would have opportunities to share the faith of Jesus, to do good works, to show kindness, to show the attributes and the love of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, You live inside of us. You guide us. You lead us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as people are being convicted, I pray that You would lead us to them to be the messages of hope and good news. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Welcome.